lot 666 then, a chandelier in pieces. Some of you may recall the strange affair of the Phantom of the Opera, a mystery never fully explained. We're told, ladies and gentlemen, that this is the very chandelier which figures in the famous disaster. Our workshops have repaired it and wired parts of it for the new electric light. Perhaps we can frighten away the ghost of so many years ago with a little illumination. Gentlemen. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome back. Oh, goodness. So dramatic. A lot of drama. <laughs> I love all the flair. Uh, Scott, this is a very exciting movie that we just watched. I hope you're ready for it. My name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that, that made us gay. Welcome to the podcast. We are going into December. Yes, we are. With our buddy of the podcast, Jackson Cooper. Welcome to the show. Hi! Thank you for having me back. Oh. First musical, I think I'm here for. Yeah, I believe so. I believe Shocking, because so. yeah, I know that you're a big on. musical theater gay. Yeah. We've <laughs> never musical got you theater for a musical. gay. Your yes, fr- your uh, good friend Pickens came on for Chicago. That's right. Yes, yeah, yes, fantastic episode. Oh my god! The movie today. <laughs> sure, we got to our Phantom of the Opera episode, directed by Joel Schumacher, written by. Andrew Lloyd Webber and Joel Schumacher, based on the musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber, Charles Hart, and Richard Silgo, which is based on the book by Gaston Leroux, released December 22nd, 2004. All right. 19 goddamn years ago. I can't believe that. Wow, is that? 19 years. Oh, my God. This movie came out when I was a freshman in college. I don't want to hear about that. I mean, fan of the opera. Phantom of the Opera, longest running Broadway musical in history, Just closed, closed in April of this year yeah. after like 13,000 performances or something crazy like that. I yeah. mean, how long, how much did it beat Cats now and forever? <laughs> oh, actually, it's, um, there are still some long running in now and forever. Uh, Chicago, which is still running, and Lion okay. King, uh, Cats is number five. Two, three, and four. Uh, Two is Chicago, still running. Lion King, still running. Wicked, still running. And Cats was about half of Phantom of the Opera, about 7,000 performances. Oh, that's insane. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, I feel like Cats ended like... Sooner or later than you think. I don't know. I remember <laughs> when, when it, it ended. But not it was, exactly when I it was like it was like the late nineties when <laughs> sure, sure, sure. it went off Broadway. I, but, it's just because I remember Cat's commercials on the television. Uh, yes, in the very early eighties, and I remember being and and the whole Cat's now and forever. So just to me, that was like so much of my life. But it was actually only a few years. But Phantom, on the other hand. That shit ran, like, literally. Everybody has a long, storied history with this property, which makes it really fun to talk about on our show. I know the Joel Schumacher movie, it is very divisive with people. (laughs) Very divisive. I find very fascinating about this movie, and I love movies like this, that this movie is the type of movie that gets under people's skin. 
primarily people that are really into movie musicals, that are really yep. into like musicals on the stage. There is something about the Joel Schumacher Phantom that just really they just dig their toes into their high heels, <laughs> which I yep. find so interesting about this movie. Yeah. It's uh it's very divisive in the theater communities. <laughs> um yeah. There's a there's a, a universal love of Chicago, which I think was 2002, right? Yep. Um, and so, and then there's divisive love and hate uh, over Phantom, and then I I don't even think it was a divisiveness ran this deep until the uh, movie version of Nine came out a yeah. few years ago. Well, and you're forgetting uh, you're forgetting the one two punch of Phantom comes out in 2004. Right. It does okay business. Like it's, I don't think okay. it makes yeah. a lot of money. It was seen as a disappointment. We can discuss kind of yeah, but what was the, the massive budget like buzz going into 2004 with it. Mm-hmm. But 2005, uh, the producers and Rent like tank yes same year kind of those were big deals that they underperformed and huge flops both of them yeah (laughs) saw both of them when i was in like fifth grade shouldn't have been seen either of them but (laughs) i i have a real soft spot for this movie as i do the the soft spot for the producers and uh yeah, it's just it really infuriates people. This movie, it's fascinating. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it truly does. I yeah, mean, theater yeah, yeah. people too. They either truly love it, and they go, "Oh my god, I listened to the soundtrack when I was a kid. I loved it. I grew up with it." Um, and a lot of my generation found Phantom through this right. movie. Yeah, right. um, and then others just don't even know it exists or pretend not to know it exists. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, did you find it through this movie, or did you or had you seen a, a stage production? I had. I think we sang a song or two in like middle school chorus. I think we sang "Masquerade" oh, okay. in middle school chorus. All right, cute. <laughs> uh, which no middle school choir should be doing a part no. harmony at no, all. No. Um, and <laughs> and so, but Phantom Phantom felt for me as a as a musical. It felt too well known and i was uh, such a rebellious musical theater kid i was like i'm not gonna love what everyone else loves so it took me a while to get to this but then i saw this movie and i i loved it i thought it was so fun to see this and i went back and listened uh to the original cast and everything it just felt so modern um it didn't didn't feel like it was written you know Two decades prior, sure, sure. and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Scott, you didn't see the stage production until the two of us went. No, it, I went with you. Or I think I was trying to remember today. I think it was probably 2014 that I saw it, mm-hmm. and we we drove down to San that Diego to see it. So, I mean, you have a long story history with Phantom of the Opera. Well, let me tell you. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The first time I saw The Phantom of the Opera was in 1990. I was in probably the eighth grade, and my sister was in high school. And when uh, she – they they figured out that – no, she must have been in college. No. She was in high school because I I was literally in the eighth grade. So she, they figured out that with her st- uh, student ID, we could get uh, 
a student discount on the tickets. Yeah, rush and, tickets. Yeah, yeah, rush tickets. Yeah. And so uh, the it was the the Los Angeles production. It came here. It was at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion at the Music Center in downtown Los Angeles. And my mom was just really excited to go see it. And she was like, Amy, you have your student ID. Let's go and we'll get we'll grab some cheap tickets. Uh, so we went. And I think she just took my sister and my mom and like mm-hmm. maybe my aunt. And they went. And they were just like, oh, my God. You guys, this <laughs> shit is wild. They're like running on the scaffolding. There's a boat, and the boat's like they're like rowing a boat like on the stage. So what you're saying is and that your mom is the old lady of the theater commercial going around of the old lady exiting. Is it Barbara or something? She loved I think that, it. Yeah. I think that she's exiting Barbara. My mother cannot get enough. She does not. And there's trap <laughs> doors and the chandelier and all this. And I'm like, that sounds really cool. So then she goes, we got to take the family. So now my sister has to go back and get more tickets, right? But this time now we're taking more family members. And she right. can only get so many tickets with her student discount. Well, guess what? My sister's best friends in high school were identical twins. So she, my mom was like, bring the girls. And each one. <laughs> and I remember driving with everybody to the music center in the middle of the day in downtown Los Angeles and sitting in the car in the parking garage while the Four of them, my sister, her <laughs> twin best friends, Marmy and Moffy. Their names are Marmy and Moffy. Don't ask. And my mom going and buying as many tickets as they can in like, you know, with the student discount. And so then I get to go, right? So now I get to go and I'm in the eighth grade and, you know, I'm wearing my finest like Z Cavaricis and like Rayon, like Zach Morris shirt. And we're at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion. And this theater is big. It's a big theater. Yeah, it's like the yeah. Staples Center. It's yeah. like giant, right? Still there, right? Oh, still yeah. There? Still there. Still there. Right yeah. next to the Almond Center. Yeah. And yeah. Um, when I tell you we are in uh, the nosebleeds, <laughs> we are the, as high up as you can go. And this – it's like – Dodger Stadium upper deck, it's that steep. Yeah. yeah. So sure. like you're trying to walk down, you can't see the ground in front of you because you're so high. Yes. And the stairs are so steep. And we're like yeah. going to our seats, and I'm just like, oh my God. And railing is suddenly not optional. No, yeah, gone. At that point. Right, yeah. right. And so then I get my uh uh, what do you call it? The book. The, your playbill. The playbill. Play the playbill. And I see, you know, Christine and uh, her name is Dale. I remember her name is Dale. And we went during the run. The Phantom was uh, Robert Guillaume. And listeners, if you're not familiar with Robert Guillaume, he was uh, uh, a television actor. I'm sure he did a lot of stage work. But we knew him in the 80s. He was Benson, right? Okay. So Benson was a sitcom in the 80s. Uh, Benson was a spinoff of Soap. And on Soap, Benson was the butler for, like, the rich family that Catherine Hellman was, like, the matriarch of, right? He's so well-liked because he's funny and he's acerbic and he would talk shit to, the to like, you know, his bosses. So he gets a spinoff. On Benson, now he is the head of – who's, like, in charge of the governor's mansion for, like – the governor of some mysterious state. And this show, Benson, lasts for seven seasons. And he's the main character. And and the other big thing, and we loved Benson. We thought it was so funny. Did we he thought, ever get to sing on it? I think he did every now and then. Um, 
but the big thing because I think he was in the wasn't he in I think he was in the uh, first black production or revival of Guys and Dolls. Right. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. I th- yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I believe you're right yeah. about that. Yeah, and I was going to say, listeners, if you're not familiar, Robert Guillaume also is black. He's African-American. And so, mm-hmm. and he's the Phantom of the Opera. And I think he did like maybe a month in L.A. And we went and we saw his final performance. And I'll never forget that. that guy. I was so excited to see Benson. And it said in the playbill that it was his final performance. And... um yeah, man, it was wild. There was people running on the scaffolding, and there was a damn boat, and there was trapdoors, yep. and there was everything that they said, and the chandelier, and I was just, like, amazed. Okay, but then this is the first time I'm seeing a live stage production of a musical, and I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, yep, they're, they're really singing every word. They're, every they're, word. They're doing it. Every goddamn <laughs> word singing everything. is sung. I'm 12, you Even know. In the I'm, movie. I'm 12 or 13. Yeah, so I was like, but okay, still. Yeah. Okay, I guess this is what's going on. I don't know from anything. So it was the first musical that you saw on stage? Then? A big pr- wow. production like that. Yeah, sure. Wow. Sure, it seemed like... What a good one to start out with. Yeah, totally. at, at like St. Stephen's, it was in like the, the nativity play, but like that doesn't count. So yeah, this was like the first big like, you know, show uh, in LA. And that was really, like my mom saw that, became obsessed, and then she was just like, we live in Los Angeles, there's theater here, so like let's start to go see shows, right? And then we did. We went to. We saw the producers, and you know, yeah. we saw hairspray. We saw all the big shows, you know. Um, but yeah, and my mom proceeded to see it. Gosh, I don't know how many more times she took my brother, my younger brother, you, my younger brother, who Scott is your age. Yep, was the Phantom of the Opera for Halloween. I've Probably heard stories of like how obsessed. Fourth, well, fourth I was Phantom of the Opera for Halloween, but I didn't really have a lot of connections to the musical that I don't think that I'd ever really listened to songs for it. Of course, I was familiar just with Phantom Mania, right. but I was yeah. maybe just drawing from the original monster movie of Phantom of yeah, the Opera, right, which right, is right. interesting. I'll have well, to... In the, yeah, go I'll ahead. Have to, I'll have to see if I can find the Halloween costume that we took like a... Yeah, to find pictures we took brother. like a, a, a translucent or like a see-through mask and we like spray Sure, because they do those masks oh, okay. that look yeah. like that, but they're clear. I think usually, it was probably yeah. my... Halloween costume when I was in the fourth grade, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, I didn't really grow up on a lot of, like, going to theater a lot. Actually, that's not true. My Mm -hmm. mom did get us tickets to go to the Alberta Bear Theater in Billings, but Phantom never came through. Like, we would see stuff like Annie, The Music Man. I remember Mm -hmm. going to Renton High School. So I did go to occasional theater when these traveling productions would just go to, like, the Midwest. Okay. But Phantom kind of no. skipped over us. So we had the soundtrack on cassette tape. Uh, eventually, we got it on CD. Uh, I, my sister and I each got a T-shirt with the glow-in-the-dark Phantom Mask logo. Uh-huh. Where yeah, on, yeah. You know, on the one side. My mom got a sweatshirt. And it was this was a big deal because those T-shirts at the time were like $40. Yeah. In like mm-hmm. 91. Yeah. So that's yeah. like, all right. I think I got one for my birthday. I think I went for my birthday. Might have been why yeah. why we went for me, for me. I remember a core memory of just every time I was in somebody like either an aunt's house or a neighbor's who a were piano. slightly older, maybe a little more middle class. Yeah. Like in their CD collection, it was you know P 
Peter, Paul, and Mary, <laughs> uh, Carpenter, like all that stuff. And then everybody had the double disc original yeah. London cast recording yeah. of Phantom. Yes. It was the weirdest thing. Like, even if you weren't a musical person, you had, had it. Yeah. that fucking double disc Phantom of the Opera. Absolutely. And I remember the iconography of the mask was so um, just, just like dominated, you know, again, Halloween costumes and stuff. Even though when you go and watch the Lon Chaney, you know, original, he has, I think, a full mask on. And mm-hmm. that right. So, right. Yeah. I th- yeah. Um, the 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 music center here in Los Angeles, you can see the complex from the 101 freeway as you're driving by. Yeah. And the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, you can see. And right. it's because of kind of a square. And there's a square like bit on one on the corner. And it's like for a advertisement. And there was the Phantom Mask was yeah. there for years. You just drove by and you just saw the Phantom Mask. On the corner of this building, it was just this iconic L.A. symbol that I always remember there being there for as you know forever and ever. Um, I remember yeah. anybody if I ever went to someone's house if they had a piano, sheet music, always, yeah, yep. always there, there was. Yeah, think of me, music of the night, all that was <laughs> yeah. already yes. open yes. on the piano. Yeah, yeah, and I, think- I know it's it's insane. It's insane to see how it seeped into pop culture so rapidly. Um, over time as a musical as a musical yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah. just that that intro the song itself phantom of the opera there's that well i mean you said how you kind of were surprised at how modern it felt i can't yeah. even imagine a late 80s early 90s crowd walking no. in and no. seeing this and just being like what in the, the fuck the, <laughs> that electric guitar yeah at the very yeah. beginning Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and drums, Christine, Christine like, singing so high yes. in that song, and that there's t- two, maybe three, like opera within an opera scenes that are yeah, just that, also that insane yeah. Yeah. to me. Yeah. For yeah, <laughs> for, for me as a twelve year old kid, never s- seeing a stage production, and then this is what I see, and it's the yeah. whole play within a play within a play. All that going right. is con- confusing, but I'm trying to follow and, along. And, and you're and, just thinking, how did they get this damn boat on the stage? Well, not only right. that, not only yeah. that <laughs> they did another thing, and I mean, in the production that I saw, where it's you're looking, Christine is performing, and her back is to us, so she's at the yes. at the oh, back yes. of the stage, looking at yeah. the back of the theater, and they have it, yeah. So they have it as if yeah. we're looking out onto the theater, yeah. And that shit was and she, like, and she yeah. applauds as yeah. she sings. I think it's "Think of Me," yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But even just looking at the damn chandelier and being like. <laughs> How many nights did that actually hit somebody? Right. Like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> how many times did it take? Who was the poor intern who had to sit yeah. in, you know, row A, seat right. 12, just in like barely scraping by sure. as yeah. it went up? Yeah. Yeah. Now, the one that we saw around 2014 or 2015, I remember the big deal with that one was the set design. Yeah. Do you remember anything about that set design? So it was kind of like a like America Sings or like um, it was this carousel of progress situation. Yeah, they would turn it where there was like. Oh, a, I was going to say yeah, the turntable. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I think I saw that tour yeah. too. It was yeah. pretty wild. It, it was it was effective. You know, they would just turn it, and then you get another little pie wedge, and it yep. was a whole new. 
Yeah. Now we're down in the sewer and now we're backstage at the yeah. ballet and all that stuff. So that was, that was, that was cool. That was, that was, I cool. remember him, him walking down. Yes. And the thing kept rotating yes. and yes. it kept rotating and it kept rotating. And I was just like, wait, 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 how yeah. many, how many steps are Yeah. They were like this? coming out it was, of the, it was yeah. Amazing. They were coming out of and the, the cylinder boat? and the, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, and the boat came out after that. It was like they, he would be walking, 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 mm-hmm. and then suddenly the boat just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Because um, I didn't see the stage show till I was at least in my mid-20s. Okay. Uh, I saw a stage show very late. I, I kind of was a an apologist for the movie. Right, I, right. I, I love yeah. the – and we'll talk about it. I love the flair and – absolute fucking flamboyance of this film (laughs) um and it's very different than the stage show because when you watch the stage show it's a little more uh claustrophobic Mm -hmm. and isolating like you 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 feel the tension the whole time here it takes you out a bit with the flashbacks but it was it was just so cool to see the uh how it was originally imagined yeah and you were mentioning just how kind of clever the direction is with the Phantom and Christine on actual like uh, walkways that would like theater walkways kind of utilizing theater sets. They like went outside and of the proceeding it. And, yeah. Like, yeah. They were on like these catwalks. Well, and there are the multiple phantoms yeah. like in that oh, famously right. there are multiple right. phantoms yeah. to throw you because off. they're all all of the things are moving. And again, like the turntable mm-hmm. or the stairs the rafters are moving up and down. Right, and right. so there are multiple different phantoms and Christine's. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just going in and out, it's, it's such an amazing special effect. So I wonder, the guy who directed, Oh yeah, go ahead. I wonder if at the time, like theater goers, if they were the fact that it kind of broke these rules of like, you yeah. yeah. utilizing elements of the theater itself and like the chandelier and scaffolding yeah. and, and the proscenium and all that just stuff. kind of making it immersive yeah and, and that's this is probably the first time we you know theater goers saw something yeah. like that now like it's nowadays when you if you watch a documentary right the big thing in documentaries is like seeing them get mic'd or like see you know what i mean these little shots yeah, yeah the behind the scenes stuff yeah and that kind of shit like barbara walters is probably like spinning like in her grit like every time that happens she's just like no probably the, you know? the probably the closest <laughs> thing to it would have been i mean cats was early 80s right yeah it's yeah, like the cats like, coming yeah. out in the audience right, and right. uh jumping into like audience members laps yeah right right yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah so they're I mean, getting used to this fourth wall break was never a thing, and the guy who directed Phantom was this guy Hal Prince, who was he directed the original, uh, or I think he produced the original Fiddler on the Roof, okay. and did all of Stephen Sondheim stuff. So Sweeney Todd, Sunday, uh, not Sunday in the Park with George, uh, Little Night Music, like all these things. And so by the time he hit the eighties, he was like gone from Stephen Sondheim, and he was very much a showman, especially in his staging. So. Uh, it, 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 but it amazes, it amazed me when I saw it, how fresh the staging was and how inventive, because it it only takes somebody who knows the theater to know, like, yeah, yeah. let's have multiple actors walking through the rafters, you know, or let's have just a spiral staircase spinning in, uh, you know, perpetuity. It's it's great. Is it a, is it a little theme park? Maybe. But, yeah, but, but, yeah, but this was kind of the show that yes. 
I don't want to say this was the show that started theme park, but this was a, let's call it what it is. It was a tourist yes. show. Yeah. It was a show Absolutely. that everybody knew that brought people to New York. Everyone who yeah. went to New York, you didn't necessarily Phantom. have to be fluent in English to no. enjoy <laughs> it too. I mean, like that's cats. A, I mean, that's a thing about the six, the wild yeah. of cats yeah. is that yeah. it just plays to a world audience. Yeah. And it's spectacle. I think yeah, that was something that was missing from musicals. Yeah. Uh, because it was so serious, it was so literate um, that I, I I still think it's brilliant that in the first you know five minutes, not even ten minutes, like in the first five minutes, the chandelier just comes right at the audience. Like immediately, you have an adrenaline rush. Like that's brilliant to yeah. think of. No one would think of that except a genius. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's great. And then Andrew Lloyd Webber writing this rock classical synth pop hybrid what the fuck are we where are we what you know it 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 was it was so uh, it was uh, but it was so good it was such a good score and isn't the whole deal with the phantom of the opera is that it was a traditional opera and then andrew lloyd weber kind of saw it and was just like this is awesome let's break let's bring it to the london stage and i'm going to retool the entire thing like wasn't it sort of pre-existing before i from what i understand it there was pre-existing musical material yeah. like, uh more, i can't pinpoint so what exactly like, it was more but, so like a but angela weber definitely yeah. did do what probably more so like a traditional opera yeah and and uh, yeah i feel like the hannibal scenes are probably yeah. from that yeah. um yeah. you know the hannibal opera within an mm-hmm. opera the first one um but i'm actually not sure musically but it it would make sense um especially because uh, with all due respect to andrew lloyd weber he's never written anything uh fully straight through with the exception of sunset boulevard which came in 1994 yeah. so what six years after phantom mm-hmm. so uh well been... jesus christ superstar but starlight I think, express I th- was, the, was I, the early yeah. 80s right which one did he do starlight express he did do Starlight Express. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, like, I was li- I was listening to that on the way of. over. Yep. Yes, Ooh. I seriously was listening to Starlight Express on the way. Over. I mean, nobody <laughs> nobody can put on a show like Andrew Lloyd Webber. Okay, so here, so here's, so here's the deal. This show debuts on the West End in '86. It comes to Broadway yep. in '88. The the tour starts in '89. Uh, came to Los Angeles. So you would have seen the first major LA yes Dale wow. Dale, Dale Christian. Is the first is the Christine from the first U.S. tour, which I saw, and then I yeah. saw it with Robert Guillaume and uh, another actor, um, Michael Crawford. Did it until mid eighty yep. nine in the U.S. Yeah, um, and uh, it took until what year did the movie that we're talking about? Two thousand four. Took until two thousand four. So, uh, I mean, saying that it was in development hell for all that time is. Not a stretch, right? I mean, I, mean just... I have a little information about the development of the movie that had always been sort of intended for Joel Schumacher. It's always which, been around. Which I thought yeah. was interesting that Warner Brothers purchased the rights to Phantom of the Opera in early 1989, like right when it hit Broadway in America, yep. granting Andrew Lloyd Webber total artistic control of the movie. And despite interest from big A-list directors... Lloyd Webber and Warner Brothers instantly hired Joel Schumacher to direct the movie. Apparently, Webber was a big Lost Boys fan. 
Right. <laughs> that, he just really liked the just kind that. of yeah. that coolness that. that Lost Boys had, and particularly how he directed scenes kind of like music videos. Yeah. That Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, clearly like, this is who I want yeah. to do the movie. And uh, Joel Schumacher and Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote the first pass at the script the same year in 89 with the intention of Michael Crawford and Sarah Brightman were oh, going to yeah. re-rise the oh, roles from the original stage production. So it was going to be intended that, I mean, the proper Phantom and Christine were going to be the stars of the movie. And filming yeah. was set to begin at Pinewood Studios in England, July of 1990. And then Andrew Lloyd Webber got a divorce from Sarah Brightman, which was a huge setback to the production. That right. it kind of derailed everything. Wow. Well, and yeah, and there was a lot of, wasn't there a lot of um, divorce settlements tied up with the rights and stuff yep. like that uh, with her? Probably. Okay. Right. Every, yeah. yeah, and then uh, just a little quote from Schumacher. Everything got tied up in settlements, Schumacher said. And then his career just kind of took off and he just got really busy. He went yeah. on to do stuff like The Client, Batman Forever, Batman yeah. Returns, A Time to Kill. So he was busy. Like, I think that Phantom yeah. was probably always there of, we're going to get to it, but I'm just tied up with other movies right now. And then the early 2000s, I take it probably interest at Warner Brothers was peaked with the success of stuff like Moulin Rouge Absolutely. and then Chicago. Yeah. In that Chicago, they went yeah. back to think, work on it. Yeah. Yeah. Chicago winning Best Picture, I'm sure, mm-hmm. put yeah. this, uh, uh, fast forward into production or even just kind of all of the buzz at miramax at the time that the weinsteins were doing the long-awaited adaptation of chicago and we need to get our shit together to do phantom then yeah what's 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 running longer than chicago phantom let's do it um i think about i think about with that like what other directors at the time were working and i was like i would love to see a tim burton Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> like, I would love to see, uh, you know, him take that material kind of thing. I Although, see, yeah, Sweeney. I mean, but. I see kind of art direction that I would like to see the Tim Burton pass at that yes. I don't think is as successful in this movie that I think maybe would be nailed in the Tim Burton version of it. But I right. guess I digress, though. <laughs> um, but I remember just kind of being my last year of high school at the time, going into college. I just remember all of the fucking buzz about the Joel Schumacher Phantom, the casting rumors that I heard and read that Anne Hathaway was more or less cast as Christine. And then she had obligations to do the princess diaries to the Royal engagement and was unavailable and she couldn't do it. Right. And she was contractually obligated, I think to do that, which she would have, I mean, I think she would have knocked Christine out of the park that I think that that role would probably be a little more memorable from the movie had Anne Hathaway done it. I remember reading that Katie Holmes had just worked with Joel Schumacher in phone booth that she was doing voice lessons for it. So I don't think that she was necessarily cast, but she was kind of taking voice lessons on the chance that she might be brought in to read. Yeah. And I, and I read about uh, Hugh Jackman doing it because he was becoming a big star, a Hollywood star. He, he had hit Broadway, before he had Hollywood really with the boy from Oz, the Peter Allen musical. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but I think he was doing, what did I read? He was doing he Van was, Helsing, he was right? Doing Van Helsing at the time. Okay. 
That's, yeah, great. And we'll see we, we <laughs> I mean, that good trade off. So. Maybe, maybe <laughs> in the moment it seemed like the good career move to do, but on reflection, I don't know. Um, I think that I was reading something or seeing an interview with Joel Schumacher that just said that it was really important for him to cast young. Like he didn't want kind yeah. of middle-aged people like John Travolta in a role like right. Phantom. Like he wanted it to be young and cool. And if you're familiar with Joel Schumacher movies, especially from his stuff from the late 80s or early 90s, yep. I mean, he always wanted to appeal to the kids. And so I think Christine being like 18 years old, that was probably a big find is Emmy Rossum who was doing I mean, she would have been coming off of, like, Mystic River and The Day After Tomorrow when they brought her in. I mean, Jerry Butler is a choice, too. And also, I mean, Joel Schumacher is somebody that he has launched some huge talent. I mean, he pretty much discovered Colin Farrell in Tigerland. Like, he really utilized Julia Roberts early in her career. And I think that was the idea of Gerald... Jerry, I'll just I'll just, just say, say Jerry. Jerry, Jerry yeah. Butler. I think that was the idea of Jerry Butler is that we're discovering yeah. the new big movie star. Yeah, and it it felt like at the time, um, I don't know what shifted in Hollywood, but it felt like at the time, you know, the actors took so much time uh, learning how to sing, uh, and there was a there was a real value with that. Like he, like Gerard Butler, uh, Jerry, Jerry. Um, you know, he, he practiced for so long music of the night before he auditioned and, um, you know, and got cast and he, and he sounds great. I think he sounds fine in parts, uh, in parts. Yeah, there are I, other parts that are I Russell Crowe and Les Mis. I have but. major, I have problems with Jerry in this, in this role. I have uh, problems with his acting in this yes, role. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And that, that lends itself to, yeah, to the, the overall right. performance. He's right. making choices. Uh, I don't have, I don't have a problem with, uh, those DSLs. Jerry Butler has got those lips, lips for days. Uh, he's a, a fine looking gentleman. Um, he's got a sensible Bob in this movie. Well, I like the I like the cutaway <laughs> that you could notice in the Phantom's lair that he has all of his toupees, out. his wigs, yeah, all of his wigs. Right. Um, <laughs> yep, I, yeah. But I I think the acting is wild. The singing is it's there. Uh, it's uh, I don't know. I think just because I'm so used to those soundtracks, and it's like okay, it's Michael Crawford singing, so it's like that's one way of listening to it. Yeah, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then there's the movie where I'm just like, and I th- we were watching some special features and and uh, Schumacher was just like, oh yes, you know, for the Phantom, you know, did, I didn't want him to have a perfect singing voice. And it's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> what a cop out. That's that a cop now. out. And you know what's also wild about <laughs> just kind of still. yeah. You know what's also just kind of wild about the evolution of movie musicals of just how you photograph and shoot stuff like this is that along comes Tom Hooper's like Les Mis where oh bitch yeah. you're getting this on the day like we're not going in and dubbing all of this we're using no. the audio of when we shot it no. which is definitely a choice it's a choice and I think yeah. it it just evolved with Hollywood being like we're gonna do more naturalist yeah. acting yeah, and, yeah. and things like that but I think like you know the the uh, vocals of this and the vocals of Chicago. I mean, there's no way Catherine Zeta no, Jones really no. sounds like that in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, you know, I saw the bootlegs of her on Broadway and a little night music. Yeah, it doesn't sound yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so but but it it made me miss that like hyper uh engineering of yeah. of just everything and also combining it with these massive visuals and production design where right. you almost didn't think about the singing because you were like i'm just like this is cutting away every 30 seconds and, yeah yeah and there's so, a river okay. now so and I, patrick I, wilson is tied up and yeah <laughs> i want to talk a little bit about joel schumacher and the choice of him as director yes. because like scott was saying uh his early movies definitely have a, a look to them right if you look at i mean not not quite saying almost fire but if you look at you know the Lost Boys and Flatliners. The Flatliners, Flatliners know, yeah. It's very dark and there's flowy, gauzy curtains Giant, and, uh, and smoke everywhere. And, and they always had big, like, um, lots with big windows and flowy curtains. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was and, very deep. His there, movies are very deep. Yeah. And there's yeah. a scene like that in St. Elmo's Fire, actually. So, yeah, there is kind of like these, you know, flowing, gauzy curtains and, and smoke and steam and, you know, very atmospheric, right? Yeah. Um, and then I feel like this movie, and I don't know if it was just the the time period that it was shot in, that it was this cr- weird era of like post CGI, but like yeah. pre like realism. So like yeah. all of we were saying that all of the black and white stuff. So not only is it black and white, but there's film grain on it. Yeah, making old time, and it looks like. An Instagram filter. They're going for their like, Mulan shots. Look, but it doesn't yeah. look aged film. It looks yeah. like they just yeah. ran run it through the black and white filter. And you boy, know? don't we love an opening crane a helicopter yes. crane shot through a CGI cloud, and then suddenly <laughs> it's reality. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, we're doing that. Okay, yeah. we're doing Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. <laughs> Great. Okay, cool. Ah, cool. Which was Great. also awesome. which was also followed awesome. two thousand four. Yeah, so there, so there's, That's right. yeah. yeah, so there's things that just like, I don't know. I feel like the old show, Joel Schumacher wouldn't have looked that way. It would have been more atmospheric and and just felt a little bit more. Um, I don't know. There's just something. It's a very well lit movie that I was noticing. It is. It is. I noticed that today too. Even in the sewers, I was like, "Wow, it's very bright down." There. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> you know? I, Scott means well yeah. lit in that it, bright. Yeah, it's and bright. not in the like yep. very bright, professionally yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's great to see. Yeah, and and I I kept thinking back to uh, his Batman movies when I was watching this, and I was like, I don't remember the That's, Batman movies being that, that well exactly what lit. I, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember them being very dark and very mm-hmm. uh, uh, shadowy, right. almost noir, not gritty. And, and like it was, yeah. yeah. His Batman movies weren't gritty. They weren't no, and dark, no. but they but they boy, were boy, yeah. boy were they flamboyant. Yes, yeah. yes, but they were. <laughs> so. But they still had that atmosphere, and they still had that darkness yes. there. And this had the flamboyance, but it just was in a very well lit room. <laughs> God, and, I had to give yeah. my hats off to him for filming it all on a studio lot. I was like, "Good for you, dude!" Yeah. Like, like that's old Hollywood. That's you know. Yeah. Filming it on the lot, uh, you know, yeah. 60 days or however many days he did it, yeah. building all those sets. I was like, that's still that 
that great, you know, Scorsese, yeah. De Palma, Coppola, like that generation of filmmakers who were like, we're still going to build stuff. We're still going to light it. Yeah, like yeah. that's what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. I, I um, had to not, tip my hat off. To not going to see a speck of sunlight in this entire movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of natural light. No natural, natural light. light. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we talked a little bit about how, how this movie starts off in the, these black and white scenes. And, and this is how the show starts. With this auction yeah. of this, uh, of the opera house, the monkey yeah. that is closed, you know, yep. the wind up toy, the monkey shines, monkey, yeah, oh, the monkey, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a part of it. I feel like that's kind of always been there, um, yeah. And uh, but they chose to use this as kind of like they brought it back throughout the movie. I don't know about that choice. There are parts of it where we continue to go back to, and old, it's always very jarring. Old when they, Madame Giri when, when they cut and, back to it, yeah, and old Patrick Wilson and old Mandrag and his like flying nun, like you know, <laughs> the flying nun pushing his <laughs> yeah pushing his wheelchair, his wheelchair. Um, and that the, we were not even sure if that was Patrick Wilson and old Mandrag. I didn't either. Yeah, there was I a didn't close, either. There's a close up later on. And I, I was like, I was like, wait, is that the Phantom? Yeah. No, because <laughs> yeah. the Phantom's dead, gone. And then I went, that's Patrick Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was too much old man makeup on him because uh, what's her Miranda Richardson were like clearly that's her like no question but also Miranda Richardson looks the same yes. 30 years yes. after she I was like Absolutely. wow you added like one wrinkle yeah. and then it's like she's aged Miranda 40 Richardson's years one of my favorite um, Miranda Richardson's one of my favorite parts of this movie I think that she's really good she's the only one that does a French accent yep can I say um, justice for these character actors in this film? Yeah. I mean, Miranda Richardson, Simon Callow, Simon Callow like yeah. acting and singing his face off. Yeah. Like or Minnie Driver like, too. It's just like Minnie Driver can sing. Minnie like, Driver she's, is great. she's had numerous albums, but Minnie Driver can't sing opera. So I, yeah. I, I kind of feel bad for her that she was cast in this yeah. movie, and they're like, you know. Minnie, we just have to redub all of this. She's singing the dialogue yeah. parts, though, right? I th- right. I feel like, yeah, yeah. Just- and there are some because uh, because I I'm obsessed in movie musicals with like ADR and, yeah. and the difference because you can hear it in these old movies, especially before like 2010 or something. And there's like those group sing uh, yes. scenes, yeah. like uh, right before Masquerade. What oh, I forget what's called uh, Prima Donna. Right. It's like she she is singing some of those lines of dialogue and she's mm-hmm. great yeah. she's fantastic in that yeah um and she's yeah, funny but she's really funny yeah. in this movie too like i remember reading, she's bringing the i remember yeah. reading light oscar buzz in the early days when i would read oscar blogs that mm-hmm. she might be a contender for supporting actress and that's the thing about this movie is that going into the 2004 awards season yeah Oh, those blogs were predicting Phantom, best picture, best director, best actress, best actor. And then I feel like people saw it. And then it just got the three nominations. It got the, it got the learn to be lonely song that, I mean, it's the the Tolkien, like, we just want the Oscar nomination. So here's a song for the end credits. Um, There's that. They got the art direction nomination and also the controversial cinematography nomination. Of that, I feel like people break down shots of this movie, and it's not particularly well shot for a movie musical. <laughs> I mean, there were, I, I have to say, like cinematography as, you know, filming a scene or, or you know, the editing and such. Uh, in addition, I know that's not cinematography, but still, right, right. Uh, it was still fantastic. I mean, there are full set pieces in this that I'm like, this is 
great. The prima donna scene, I I gagged this afternoon <laughs> watching it. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the the production design is insane in this movie. Yeah, uh, I I like. I mean, all the stuff in the Phantoms Underground lair in this like <laughs> lake beneath beneath the opera house and all the and by the way listeners if you're not familiar right this whole going back to the book which was written when uh yield i think the book was written in i know i think it's like 1910 okay so the book is actually literally set at the actual opera house in paris right this is a real location it's, it's, I mean, ostensibly, it's supposed to take place there. And when you go to this opera house, there's I was right. like... I was right, 1910. 1910. Yep. There's like the, there's the booth that's like written about, that's the Phantom's booth, you know, or his box seats and all that stuff. This is all real shit, right? So you can go here and like take tours and all that. Um, and so all this stuff underground with the lake under there... Okay, so there... <laughs> I just have to talk about this because the production design is so fucking wild. And I I like the nods to, you know, Cocteau's Beauty and the Beast with the, the candelabras, you know, yep. and the yeah. arms yeah. and all of that. But, like, now – okay, so now we're in, like, a, his little, like, canoe and we're going by. And there's his, like, Pirates of the Caribbean – Yeah, it's that portion of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride when you're when you're just about to go into the room with the pirate ship and it's the, it's the, it's the skeleton on the bed. Yeah. And, the, he's, uh, <laughs> and he's got his whole setup there, and he's got like his his like his drag closet with like the makeup and the wigs yeah. and everything. <laughs> okay, we have I'm just missing the diners club window, yeah. like looking down. <laughs> Absolutely. So okay, so we have questions about the Christine real doll, the Christine fuck doll. Like, oh, yeah. what is going yeah. on with the real doll? Because. I don't remember that in any previous production that I ever saw. I don't Maybe remember if I, it was in the one that we that. saw together. Maybe I overlooked it. I don't know. It's cl- I mean, it's probably in some, or else they wouldn't have included it. But I guess it's like they need her to pass out, right? I think they need her to, 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 to faint and wake up because that's, that's in the show. That's part of the show is her like waking up. Uh-huh. In his yeah. bed, and so they do this thing in this in this movie where he has a doll of Christine, <laughs> and in some shots, it's actually just Emmy Rossum just like doing her whole like mannequin yeah. Yeah. on the move, yeah, like don't <laughs> don't move, Emmy. Listen, listen, not the worst one night hookup grinder uh, I've had. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But but in other shots, it's literally a a mannequin. It's a mannequin. No legs. Towards the end of the movie, it's a mannequin. Torso. Like, what's happening? So uh, that was kind of of funny. Okay. So then the other thing is, as as Christine, the character of Christine, is talking to Meg, her fellow, like, ballerina. Meg is like, she knows about... Her, like, disembodied voice giving her voice lessons. Meg's on board. She's just like, all right, you hear him. Is he here tonight? Is he in the room with us? Sure, whatever. And But Christine's whole thing, right, I think is, I think it's the ghost of my father. Yes. Right? Okay. Because she is convinced that's the angel of music. Right, yeah. right. So Christine thinks that this angel of music, the mystery voice, is the ghost of her father teaching her to 
to sing and come out from the chorus. And, so and she's never actually had FaceTime never. with the Phantom. No. No. Only through like the heater, the heating grates and like all that stuff. You love the line delivery. It's of... also red flag. Yo, oh, yeah, absolutely. Red flag. You love the line delivery of when they ask Emmy about this mysterious music teacher, her delivery of, well, I've what? never seen him. Yeah, she's just like, what? I don't know. What? I don't know. I don't know, I, don't what know what, I don't know what he looks like. So, okay, so then when she does get, like, captured by the Phantom, and, yeah. like, he takes her down there into, you know, now they're in the Pirates of the Caribbean, and he's singing to her. There are shot. there's, like, stuff where there's some choreography of him, like, behind her, and he's, like, caressing her cheek, and, like, t- and I'm like, didn't you just think that the that the angel of music was your father? And now she's just like being seduced yeah. by him. I, <laughs> I, I had, I had a uh, one, two, three pages of notes devoted to her relationship with this phantom right. because it was so whack. Yeah. How number one, she's believing a voice, which red flag, yes. not good. No. Number two, She's learning, and Miranda Richardson is like, oh, yes, she's learning from somebody oh, yeah. uh, special. And then she just I, – I don't know. It just – all of the coincidence of the fil- – of the like the logic of the story does not make right, any sense. Right. Well, I think um, that's why they added that stuff about Miranda Richardson like – Yes, yeah, him that from so the flashback, from the like, show. validating Madame, Madame yeah. why she did it. And you're like, wait, yeah. what? Where yeah. is any of this coming from? Well, I think it's to justify the fact that, that Madame Giri is just like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, this is his This is his rent. This is his uh, paycheck every two weeks. He, he lives gets, here. He gets uh, paid on the 15th <laughs> and the last day of the month, not the first. And, yeah. <laughs> you know. And essentially, you know, the Phantom is the... We're uh, matching his 401k. Essentially, the Phantom is like the failure to launch from the opera house that he's just like <laughs> yes. the grown-ass kid living in the basement. Absolutely, yeah. Wanting yeah. to be paid per just month. Will not move out. And does yeah. nothing. But she, the whole time, is just like... This is how it is. So you you still want to work here or not? Because because yeah. these are the terms. So I think that's why they they're like for a movie. I feel like they're like what the filmmakers are just thinking. The audience needs to understand why she is so keyed into what's going on with the Phantom. When the question I wanted to ask was like, why is he suddenly interested in having her when the benefactors come in and say that they're gonna buy the opera house like why is today the day you know like in theater you're like why is today the day yeah that you do something and the benefactors are buying the opera house and then the phantom is like okay today is the day she performs and miranda richardson does too it's like that just sets it all off and you're like you then she would never have performed and if if the opera never if it never changed hands forever yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean i I take it that the phantom was just waiting for the right moment she's ready and she's ready. He was giving her these like clandestine. It was going to happen eventually. Voice lessons. All right. Can we talk about his opera? His opera. His opera. The uh, yeah. Wild. The Don Juan. Wild. <laughs> yeah, the Don Juan. Which I was like, this is better than anything else. In the movie. <laughs> but for a minute, at that point in the movie, I was like, oh, finally, music that's different than the music of the yeah. You know, like a, a it, lot, it was. Yeah different music and that felt refreshing but then all of a sudden it was like oh 
we're back to think of me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, uh, I remember in the stage version and I think it's during, maybe it's not during masquerade, but they do that thing and musical theater people, sorry, but they do that thing where it's like this chorus, but of like different songs, but they all kind of like join together. Yeah. For a big crescendo. A medley. A medley. A medley, yeah. right? They do this medley. And I don't know that they did they do it in this in the movie? I don't know that they did it. Or they did it at a different spot. But um in the stage production it just works so well and it's just so like there's something about the way Andrew Lloyd Webber writes these essentially pop songs, right? And yeah. it's it's that formula of where he has good hooks, you know? He's got right. these hooks yeah. that you're just like you key into and you're just like it makes your your brain knows what's coming and like and you can mu- just and there's like an emotional response to yeah. stuff like music of yep. the night or yeah. memory from cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So there was just something about this one particular medley that's done. Um <laughs> It's gosh, now I'm going to I'm going to look it up. We'll we'll keep talking and I'm going to and I'm going to I'll look through the Yeah, yeah. No, Jack- no, no. I think you're right. Could because they do sing Masquerade and then they sing like a think of me thing and then the Phantom Enters? Is that when you're talking what yeah, you're talking about when the Phantom Enters? That. I'm I'm gonna pull up the, the soundtrack and figure it out. What, what do you what about. are some of your favorite tracks from this uh Oh god, I love is all I book? ask of you. No, I think the book is I like think the that's uh, sorry. I was gonna say, what's the book? Is, is the book like the script? Right? The book is a script, yeah. Yeah, the book is a script, yeah. Uh-huh. Or what's yeah. your favorite song? Uh uh, all I ask of you, I love. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is the the scene they sing in the Patrick Wilson and Emmy sing in the snow. Yeah. Um, I will say, watching it this time around, music of the night hit differently. I, I've always I really liked music of the night, and okay, so yeah. I'm a pretty new. I was a newbie Phantom, uh, a theater goer when I was 18 years old, and I saw this movie with my friend Jessamine in college. That we went to this movie at the Ellen Theater in Bozeman, Montana. The Ellen no longer – it's a concert venue now and they no longer does movies. But it was like the big downtown movie, movie house. The, the show house as they say in like the Midwest. It was a big one-screen theater. And I remember her taking me to Phantom because she was just a big fan of the musical. And I don't know what 18-year-old me like thought of it. I remember like looking over – at Jessamine, probably during Music of the Night when they're like riding, when they're going through like the caverns, the caverns, and they're in the gondola. And I want to say that I looked over to Jessamine and just being like, "What the fuck did you bring me to?" <laughs> that I don't. I, I, I think that I felt like, "What is this?" Like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be fair, like that is a total natural reaction for like yeah. Lloyd Webber, just yeah. because his movies are a lot or his musicals are a lot. Yeah. And I don't think that I really came around to this musical until listening to the soundtrack after I saw the movie. And I hate to be yeah. the one, but I was listening to the movie soundtrack because that's just what I <laughs> oh, had. I was too. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I said that I was, I, I listened to the movie soundtrack long before I heard the original. Yeah. <laughs> and because I, the, the orchestrations were so big and loud and, yeah. and I was just like, I, yeah. I can't listen to anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I always really liked listening to music of the night. I think that it's probably Jerry's best track. Would you say like, yeah. it, it's probably his best, like so. his best I mean, vocals better, in the soundtrack? Better than the final confrontation, which is just like, uh, 
the whole the whole, <laughs> the whole final you know twenty five minutes of the movie where yeah. he's just screaming yes. at Patrick he, and, Wilson and becomes and, yelling, yeah. him, and you're like he's okay yelling, all right yeah. wow and he's doing and he's doing this thing with his vocals he's just like yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I love uh, Patrick Wilson. This was my first introduction. It was to the first him thing I ever in saw this, Patrick and Wilson. I I fully had a crush. Sure. Uh, and I I was like, I'm glad he's turning from, uh, you know, Fabio Prep School to um, Haunted House Daddy in The Conjuring a few years <laughs> later. So, um, Patrick Wilson came from the stage. I think that one of his yep. big uh, his big. One of the big deals was he was in a big production of Oklahoma, I think, that Joel Schumacher had seen. Yeah, he was. I think he was a replacement for Hugh Jackman, if I'm not mistaken. Interesting. Um, Because there was a huge production of Oklahoma in the 1990s um, starring Hugh Jackman, which you can watch on YouTube. And uh, I think he replaced him. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But yeah, yeah, I think that it took me a little bit to come around to a musical like Phantom that, like yeah. I said, I didn't really grow up on it. I knew of it, but it was not really music that I was familiar with. The movie was my introduction to Phantom of the Opera, like a lot of kind of younger people when they yeah. first saw this movie. Um, and then I've kind of since to, then I've kind of since gone back and revisited the movie every few years and kind of as corny as it sounds i think the movie's a lot of fun that i do think that people give it maybe too hard of a time to go in after for uh stage to screen adaptations i think too i think people were probably upset because it is a I mean, it is a very challenging musical because it is wall to wall music. And I even found myself at times watching it just being like, okay, like, can we have some dialogue? Can we (laughs) do this? And then when it, and then when I wanted dialogue, it would cut to those fucking flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, Or flash forwards. And I would be like, well, it's not what I wanted, but okay. So I think people are expecting a more, uh, I guess kind of like Chicago, which opened yeah. it up and sort of, uh, you know, cr- flesh out the characters more, added different dialogue than what was in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people are upset that there's so much singing. I hate to say that, but I think people are really upset. And I think, too, that happened with um, Sweeney Todd Into the Woods oh, like, yes. a decade Absolutely. later, and where people, and people hate they love to bitch about that movie. Into the uh, I love it too. I think it's great, but people hated it uh, or theater kids because they were like, there's so much singing. And you're like, when you do into the woods, it's all singing, it's awesome. you know, Sweeney yeah. Todd as well. It's like Sweeney Todd is all sung through. Yeah. So there's and, no dialogue. And, also, and Jerry yeah. is kind of an easy punching bag too, is that he's not the strongest singer and he is so, the lead of the movie. And yet, uh, Russell Crowe usurped his throne yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> as a list Hollywood. So now we can now we have I mean, like a full. I, I like, think I think Jerry gets range. a pass yep. for this because of Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, um, yeah, but I would have loved to have seen Anne Hathaway in this. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, oh, and I she think, may have. Won- I think she would have killed it. She, I think she would have won her Oscar sooner for this uh, than sure. Les Mis because she like, still won led, her Oscar it, for Les Mis. It, it, it may yeah. have like yeah. led to other musical roles had phantom been successful yeah i think yeah she would have she would have done great in nine she would have been great in 
you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they just uh, – she would have done great in Into the Woods. So, Well, yeah. I, for, I for one will not sit still for this Ella Enchanted erasure. Yeah. I mean, Ella Enchanted <laughs> was 2004, too. <laughs> not even best original screenplay. Come I mean, on. Come on. Don't come go breaking my heart. <laughs> come on, people. Ella Enchanted. Salaps. I'm sorry. So good. Such a good movie. Such don't go breaking movie. my heart it's with so, like – It's so fun. Jesse McCartney. Yes. Jesse McCartney like duet. First, first time I saw Hugh Dancy in anything was in, was in that. It's got Carrie Elwes for crying out loud and a puppet snake. <laughs> the great fucking movie. Yeah, Everyone yeah. go watch Ellen Enchanted watch again today. if yeah. you're not watching it every single year. I haven't seen I haven't seen <laughs> Ellen Enchanted since it came out. <laughs> I always got it confused with what was the Amy Adams ever Enchanted, after just uh, Enchanted, yeah, Enchanted. 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 Yeah. We never Enchanted, saw it. Yeah. We never saw Disenchantment. The sequel. We never the saw the sequel. sequel. Oh, I, I I liked Ella Enchanted better. It was funny. I remember like laughing out loud in the theater. That was how funny it was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right in those those Shrek like modern fairy tale like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With adult humor yeah, and yeah. and all of that. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was thinking the whole time uh, I was watching this. I was like, who is this made for? Because right. it's very obviously. Not the Oscar audience. I mean, some I, some parts of it is. I think some parts that, of it is. I think they were going for the Oscar audience, and it didn't quite land. Yeah, and and by the way, fun fact: Chicago, two thousand two. That was the first movie musical, yep. like full Hollywood studio production musical made since like the eighties or something like that. Well, I, I mean, mean, if you want to count like a major Moulin studio. Well, Moulin, Moulin Rouge, Rouge yeah, I guess, I, yeah, I guess the I grouped those two together, yeah, in the same years. But, but I mean, it was, it was, it was just like so long between when something was not when a movie, I guess, when a movie musical was nominated for an Oscar, right? Uh, yeah, it was like the last time was Oliver, maybe Fiddler on the Roof. Oliver's in the 70s. Oliver's Best Picture not, uh, win in the late sixties was the last, was right. the last like and Oscar then, winning. Musical to win Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah. And then Fiddler on the Roof was, I think, 72, 74, and then nothing. No other Oscar musical. Greece, Greece had minor success with Oscar, but it was just song. Yeah. Too. Right. Yeah. And it was kind of and like a popular favorite, yeah. too. That just kind of moviegoers loved Greece. Right. Um, it would have been wild to have seen Joel Schumacher do this movie in the late 80s. That I want to see that movie. Yeah. yeah. With Sarah yeah. Brightman and uh, Michael Crawford. Michael Crawford. I knew a girl in my junior high, and her claim to fame, and she was rich, and her claim to like she was the girl that her family donated a computer to the school. We we're like, oh, um, that her claim to fame was that she when she saw it, she saw Michael Crawford in the, her stage. Oh, okay. Oh. And I was I saw, like, I saw Michael Crawford. Who did you see? Oh. Yeah, and I was like, well, I saw Benson. He's on TV. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know him. Not on TV. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> Getting into playground fights with the girls. That was what I was yeah, doing yeah, yeah. in junior high <laughs> about which Crawford. which was the better performance of Phantom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, Well, Andrew Lloyd Webber, Andrew Lloyd Webber didn't do a lot of famously, he didn't have a lot of movie versions right. of his musicals. There was Jesus Christ Superstar in the 70s. And he was always really yeah. hands-on with all of them, right? He is, and so it'll be curious. I mean, I know that I they I think they've started filming, but the Sunset Boulevard right. no, movie has that's been not, talked about. That's not. 
I don't know if the Sunset Boulevard movie is going to I know. Uh, we don't, is, we'll, well, um, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it because yeah. I've been hearing about it since I was at sixth grade. So Is, uh, uh, is Evita Andrew Lloyd Webber? Yeah. Yes. Evita. And uh, Oliver Stone wrote the screenplay for that. So, you know, it's – And, Evita, and I, I love Evita. And Evita. I think that movie too of, is phenomenal. Evita had fantastic. the type of success that I don't think it was fully embraced critically. It like, wasn't because of no, Madonna. Because, Madonna. Madonna. because she was too big a of a star. No yeah. one, no one took her seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, uh, speaking of Evita, we were talking about Antonio Banderas, kind of really lobbying hard yeah. for Phantom. <laughs> yeah. Taking voice. Wait, lessons. did he really? Yeah. I didn't know that. There's, um, there's some performance that he does with Sarah Brightman. That would have been amazing. You know those. You know those performances that they do for like just stage. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, those the bene- actors' benefit yeah, stuff. All, yeah, all that kind of stuff. There's, there's, there's one on YouTube of him and Sarah Brightman singing, um, "Music of the Night" or something. And I don't yeah. know. I feel like he just kind of it's giving it's giving Antonio Banderas. <laughs> I think he's I honestly think he's though. I think if any actor is to rival right. Joe Schumacher, I think it's Antonio. <laughs> you know, yeah, because that's, that's the other thing I'm thinking. If they didn't go for, you know, if they didn't want to skew younger, if they were just like, let's bring yeah. in the best people for this, maybe it had to have been Antonio. Because who else yeah. would it have been? You know, I well, yeah. I remember hearing rumors. Here, that- here's a here's a phrase. Here's a phrase uh, not heard on the Joel Schumacher Antonio Banderas uh, Phantom <laughs> set. Hey, um, uh, can we do more? Yeah. <laughs> can you just bring it can up? You just a little do it bit? a little yeah. bigger. Is that? <laughs> I, well, I remember. Oh my god! I remember reading in the premiere magazine uh, fall movie preview. I remember the image that they printed that they put in the print was Christine and the Phantom on the boat. That was the first image that I saw of this movie. Oh, that I'm like, okay. sure, yeah, oh bitch, yeah. I think like, I see. I think I remember. Phantom's coming out in December, yeah. And I remember reading a poll quote from Minnie Driver where somebody on set was just like, "Is this Joel? Like, is this too much?" And he told them like, "Well, sweetie, like nobody paid for under the top." <laughs> like so, Joel really yeah. knew how to put on a show. Not under the top. I need to start using that. Like mm-hmm. that's going yeah, into like my that. like phrase book today. <laughs> Nobody's. Well, I love. I mean, I love the flamboyancy of this, and it is. Uh, I, I I was like, only a gay man could direct this. I yeah. mean, truly. Yeah. And it made me. It made me honestly. I was thinking while I was watching it. It made me like really appreciate Batman and Robin, Batman, sure. Fred, like like <laughs> yep. his movies because I was like. Oh, okay. He has a flair for the theatrical, and I would love to see a Joel Schumacher. You know, he submitted uh, a script for a chorus line. He uh, wrote The Wiz. Right, and right, so right. it's, um, it's just crazy to me. I was like, of course this man would be perfect for mu- uh, musical theater because it's so big. And he wrote uh, Sparkle, too. He wrote what? Sparkle? Yeah, Sparkle, Car Wash. I think he yep. wrote Car Wash, too. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, what a fascinating uh, career, too, <laughs> of that when you really look at his filmography, that he made all, all sorts of movies. Like, I mean, you can't even box yeah. him into he just makes these big flamboyant productions because, like, he directed Susan Sarandon to, like, an Oscar nomination in yep. The Client. He did A yeah. Time to Kill with Sandy and Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey's, yeah. like, big studio, like, debut was is, in um, a time to kill. Is the Wiz the only well, one of his movies that has that that feels like an est seminar? I don't think he has. 
I don't think he wrote any more of that uh, weird. You, see our see our episode on the Wiz where we <laughs> weird where we stuff. get into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. And and when you read his quotes about yeah. uh, his research, listeners, I'm putting mm. quotes on research. His yeah. research about it, you're a little like, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> there you go. But what would I have just given to just listen to a conversation with Joel and Diana Ross on the set of The Wiz, where they're just oh like, God. it's just like that seminar that Talk, we were doing, talking about self actualization, yeah, talking about like self actualization, <laughs> all that bullshit. I mean. Totally. Hey, you know what though? If, totally Joel, harmless Sch- if stuff, Joel Schumacher yeah. and Diana Ross give me any advice about anything, I'm yes. taking it. I'm fucking taking it. Yeah, you know, because oh, those two, sure. yeah, oh, those sure. two idiots are at the top yeah. of their game in their field. So whatever they did, they did it right. So if they wanted to talk yeah. to me about Est and living my self actualized life, lay it on it's me. Work for give them it to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will. Yeah. I'll pay good money to hear what they have to say. Oh, I, for sure. I was for trying sure. to put yeah. together a little quiz for Joel Schumacher because this is like the fourth movie that we've done. I mean, sure. he's pretty much like the gr- the gay granddad of movies that made us gay. I mean, uh, <laughs> what are the other Joel. ones? What are the other? He'll ones be you missed. Did? Um, we've done both Batman movies: Batman Returns, Batman yep. Robin. Yeah. Um, I mean, he wrote Lost the Wiz, so I mean, I think that was right, count, right, which is a great Boys. episode. Yeah. yeah. You haven't done Flatliners. We haven't done Flatliners. Oh, love that movie. We saw we saw the remake. Yeah, we saw the remake yeah, uh, in 40X. <laughs> not great. Yeah, not great. Makes you miss the original. The original was really yes. good. Yeah, the original yeah, yeah. was really good. And Time to Kill, I love Time to Kill. Yeah. I need to revisit a movie like The Client. It's been a while yeah. since I've watched that movie. Yeah. What's the one he made with uh, Robert De Niro? Foolproof? Something like that? Hard-boiled? Something like, no, not hard-boiled. I think I you know, Falling anyway. Down with, no, with Michael Douglas? No, no, no. I'm thinking of something else. Anyway, sorry. Quiz, quiz, quiz. Um, Let's do it. Okay. So we normally don't do this with directors, but for um, our Uncle Uncle Joel, we're making an exception. (laughs) Do you think that you two can tag team his most known for on IMDb? Oh, gosh. All movies that he's directed. The first four movies that come up. (sighs) Uh, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin is there. All yes. right, that's cool. good. We got that one. Okay, I'm gonna say, um, is the client on there? The client is not on there. Oh no! no. I will say this one: Phantom of the Opera is there. It is, oh, it is, yeah. it is okay. the first one. So there's two more. Right. So these two, I'll give you hints because these are kind of random. They are both thrillers, and they're kind of random, so probably not flatline. They are both. One is from the '90s, and the other one is from the early 2000s. Oh, I have talked about this movie in the episode in regards to Katie Holmes. <laughs> oh, I don't know what it's called. Oh, this year we're it is set um, in one location. Oh, uh, it's phone booth. Phone booth. Yay! Oh. Really? I really, I really like Phone Booth when I saw booth. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's his most known. Film. I mean, it's yeah. a it's the I'm well, the yeah. We don't know we don't know the algorithm. We don't know why they get put up there. Yeah, okay. that's fine. That's fine. Okay, I so saw that one. Inside Man and Collateral. I think in the same week. Oh, Talk geez. about three of the same movie. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, so <laughs> okay, the fourth one. one is made ninety nine. I often think this is a movie directed by Brian De Palma. It is not ninety nine. Feels like a Brian De Palma movie. Yeah, that's hard. And it's uh... it is starring Nicolas Cage and Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, gosh, it is about a snuff film. 
Oh, uh, blah, blah, blah. That's not Heart 8, no. You're kind of you're, you're kind of close. Like, okay. number. Number in the title. Oh, okay. There's a number in the title. It's about a snuff film. God, oh, 8 millimeter. 8 millimeter. Eight millimeter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Woo! I'm right, kind of surprised right, that... Good job. Oh, there we go. There we go. Good job. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Kind of surprised that. <laughs> kind of surprised that a movie like The Lost Boys or Saint Elmo's Fire aren't yeah, there just Howard because not... that just kind of launched so many careers, and I'm surprised that they're not. It's not for, like searched for yeah. fucking searched phone more, booths but, for fucking but some, phone yeah, booths. Uh, sometimes IMDb is weird. <laughs> All right. So, what do you think the highest rated on movie on Rotten Tomatoes is? Oh gosh, that's a and hard it one. is at eighty percent. 80% Joel didn't Schumacher get any movies in the 90s that were that well received. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not a 90s movie. It is a 90s movie. Oh, it is a 90s movie. Oh. Okay. I've talked about it. I, I want to go back to 8mm. No. No. Oh, shoot. Phone booth was 2000. It direct, uh, he he oh. directed its lead actress to uh. an acting nomination. <laughs> <laughs> Time to it's kill. Mike Nichols. Come on. I love no. that movie. I love Step the, It's the, the Susan Sarandon. The Client. The Client. Yep. Oh, That's the Client. Okay. Okay. Client. Okay. So I, knew, I knew it was The Client. I just didn't know the name that it was called The Client. So I was looking today. <laughs> so so Stepmom so step is the what default I meant. answer for yeah. any, any Susan Sarandon movie. <laughs> yeah, yes. So I was looking at the <laughs> yes. Rotten Tomatoes score today of Phantom of the Opera because I, I had oh, to gosh. remember of just like, how was this movie oh. received? What, what do you think the, the percentage was? No, I saw this today and I was okay. mad. It's like thirty percent. Thirty three percent. Wow. Yeah, it's insane. That's wild. And the that audience is... score or the I am okay. No, it that was like thirty three percent Rotten Tomatoes. The IMDB score is like seven point seven or seven point eight. It was just like, crazy. Good. I was like thirty three is so low. That is rotten. Okay, well speaking of low, <laughs> what is the lowest rotten. rated movie of his on Rotten Tomatoes? Bad I saw rotten. this in the theater. Two, I saw this at the Sunset Five with my friend Christine. Okay. It was not liked. If you saw time. it with Christine, then that means it was. like... I don't know if you know of this movie. The 2010s. At this least. was 2010. Wait, is this one he directed? He or directed wrote? it. So is this Incredible Shrinking Woman? No, no, that's no. You didn't see that in the theater. <laughs> no. That's 1969. I used, to, I used to love the Incredible Shrinking Woman, though. It's good, yeah. Lily Tomlin. We'll have to get to it on the show. Okay, Okay. so it's it's 2010. So this was 2010. This has a hot shot cast of like Emma Roberts, Chase Crawford from Gossip Girl. Jesus. Um, Fifty Cent is in this movie. Fifty Cent. It is about um, rich kids in New York City, and one of them deals drugs. And I think that the drug is named of the title. Is the the name of the movie? And the name of the movie is a number. It's not seven. I don't think that you two have, have seen this movie. <laughs> no. It is called Twelve. Twelve. No, no, never. So Twelve never was kind of a big movie. flop that came out of Sundance no. in 2010, and it has really weird narration by Keith or Sutherland. Yeah. Okay. And I don't. Nobody remembers this movie but yeah, me. No. It, it's based on a book that was kind of this. Um, it's. Nick McDonald, and he was kind of a hot shot teenage writer at the time, and he wrote this book called Twelve. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. not familiar. One of those. Yeah. Nobody remembers yeah. it. And, that, and wait, what was the question? That one was the. It's his lowest lowest rated. rated. Lowest rated. So three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> wow! But is it one of those things that was only reviewed by like five people? No, I think it was. Wow, I think it was like. That's... I mean, it had a lot of 
big actors in it. That's crazy. But anyways, Three. I saw it in the theater. Oof. Maybe it's not 3% bad, but it's not great. Sure. Um, um, what do you think is the highest three, grossing movie of his career? Highest grossing movie. Grossing? Uh, it's got to be the first Batman. Yeah, Batman, and Batman Forever. Batman Forever, 184 yeah. million yeah. dollars. Yeah. I mean, Batman Forever was a huge was deal a huge when it hit. came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and because it was like who everyone was so excited about, like who is going to take over after Tim Burton, and then they yeah. said Joel Schumacher, so they were <laughs> the hype got even higher. Yeah. Um, did you see Halston on Netflix? I did. I loved Halston. Do you yeah. remember? Do you remember who played him in <gasps> Halston? Gosh, oh, oh I thought he was kind of. I thought he was kind of underutilized. Like I wanted to see more of him. Was it a Culkin? It's a Culkin. It's Rory. It's Rory. Was Rory it really? Culkin. Was it Carrion? Rory Culkin. The youngest. Who, the youngest. And Rory Culkin is in 12. Oh, too. how about that? <laughs> so we kind of... Oh, so he had, he had God, so that. Okay. Wow. Who I think had okay. since passed away when they did when they did uh, okay. Halston. And Rory yeah. Culkin, if you're not familiar, listeners, is in Scream 4. Yeah, he's in Scream 4. Right. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's in yeah. Scream 4, and I believe that he is in... Uh, you Can Count on Me with Laura Linney. Okay. I think that... That's the I think that's Rory Culkin. Oh, okay. Is he the is he the the son? Yeah. Oh, that's her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, last question: uh, Can you think of the famous music video that he directed? Huge song from the nineties. Oh, um, well, it was something over Broadway? Right? Was the band? No, it is a tie-in to uh, one of his big movies from the nineties. He did. It was kind of one of the main songs off the soundtrack, and he directed the music video. Was it a U2 for Batman? No. No. Close, though. You're very close, Pete. Was it Kiss from a Rose? Kiss from a Rose. Kiss from a Rose. (laughs) Kiss from a Rose by Seal. He directed the music video. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, great song. I, I I feel like the video is probably just one of those things where it's a bunch of clips from Batman and then, like... And then, like, <laughs> very, very literal, like a grave and, like, <laughs> like a rose. Yeah. And like, very, very seal. close yeah. shots of, of the guitarist with uh, strobe lighting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh okay. So okay, that's our, for him. That's our mini Joel Schumacher quiz. Okay, sweet. That Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I I think as a as a queer filmmaker, you know, he should be appreciated oh, and yeah. remembered. Yes. Out yeah. at the time, he was he was kind of yeah. living his gay best life, and he yeah. was directing major yeah. Hollywood movies, and nobody really thought anything about it too. Yeah, like it was kind of not. A, I mean, I'm sure it was a big deal for him that yeah. I'm sure. sure that he had sets back setbacks because he was an out gay man, mm-hmm. but it never really led the conversation with him directing movies. No, and he and he knew how to use movies and design and all that stuff too. I mean, I think about. I know we lost him before, you know, uh, sooner than we wanted. Mm-hmm. But like, I was thinking about like what what would he have made next? You know, like yeah. it just would have been so great to see him do one last um, big movie. Do what? One last big movie. I mean, Ridley Scott's making movies yeah. in, in his eighties. Right. It was like, what would a Joel Schumacher Apple TV funded yes. movie be? <laughs> you know, or yeah. something about like, you know, being queer in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Like he he could have made a movie like that. He could have made Halston. Yeah, he could have made something yes. like a, a remade Breakfast at Tiffany's, you know, with Ryan Murphy. Like it just would have been, yeah. he would have done so great in this yeah. time. I think that one of his big last directing credits was I think that he did the pilot for House of Cards. 
I think. He did like three or uh, two or three episodes of House of Cards. That was yeah. kind of one of the last big movies or big uh, pieces of direction that he did. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense. I mean, that's very big and in a sense flamboyant. Right, and, right. Yeah, he just yeah he he's missed. And hey, justice for those Batman movies. They're so fun. They're they're yeah, so fun. I, th- I yeah. think yeah, the Batman movies have definitely had this kind of like almost like the Star Wars prequel movies where people that grew up on them just have this affection for them because yeah. that's the Batman that we knew. That's that was our Batman <laughs> when we were kids. Yeah. And so now we take ownership of it. Um yeah. and uh they're they're corny and they're campy, but that's what makes them fun. I mean, Uma Thurman is just so good. So good. Like, yeah, that's the type of Batman that they were going for. Is that's that they exactly were, what they, they were, were going for, for. Yeah, that style of comics and the '60s. Yeah, in the '60s TV yeah. show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and it's great to see um, that they unearthed the deleted scene of him and the giant bat on YouTube. Oh, supposedly yes. making yeah. out, making out with that big old. Supposedly, bat Kevin puppet. Smith has a full cut. Of Batman Forever. That's right. that's what he, he claims alleg- that allegedly, yeah, allegedly has been going yeah. around Hollywood. Yeah, allegedly he has the director's cut of it. All right, all right. Yeah, Almo Drafthouse LA. Come on, get on it. <laughs> Night only secret screening. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else that we need to talk about for Phantom? Oh gosh, I feel like we got all my notes. Where's my where are my notes? I I'm good. I mean, justice for these character actors. Miranda Richardson, Simon Callow. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. think Simon Cal. I don't think Simon Callow gets enough credit. Neither does Miranda Richardson for oh, yeah. just being like great goddamn actors. Yeah, yeah. Um, Miranda Richardson's really chewing the scenery here. I think yeah. that she's really fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other, the other uh, guy who came in and bought uh, Kieran Hines. I hadn't really. Oh, seen, yes. I hadn't really is seen. Is that Kieran Hines? Yes, it is. Oh my god! Yeah. I didn't even. Yeah, I didn't even that's recognize right. I forgot him. about yeah, that. Yeah, they all got the wigs and the gray yep. striped yep. grace. You know, silver streaks in their hair and mustaches and all this, you know, fabulousness going on. But it is Simon Callow and Kieran Hines as the two, you know, the two former, you know, junk men. Uh, it was singing uh, their scrap fucking metal. asses off, <laughs> like just, really, just yeah. their faces, just yeah. like cracking open. Yeah, yeah. belting, it's, it's belting great. everything. Yeah, yeah, so good. And yeah, Miranda Richardson, I she has that thing where she, when she needs to be, she's stoic and she's serious, and she is that girl or that woman. Yeah. But also, she's camp and she's funny, and she's. Rita Skeeter and she, you know, and she could, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know, and and and, and Sleepy Hollow, Sleepy Hollow, and, and just uh, turn yeah. on a dime and become this over the top like witch, and it's it's just that's that mark of a good actor that they can so easily slide into this humor, into this yeah. comedy, you know, and right. and yeah. still be scary and serious when they need to be. And she's, I I don't know, is she underutilized? Maybe, but she's, you know. She's great. She's she has as much of a of a kooky streak as like a Helena Bonham Carter, yeah. But right. still as serious as like I don't know like Emma Thompson or whatever, you know. Judy Chelly, she will be coming back, won't she? You think so, Monsieur? I have a message, sir, from the Opera Ghost. Oh God in heaven! You're all obsessed. He welcomes you to his opera house. His opera house. And commands that you continue to leave box five. Empty for his use and reminds you that his salary is due. His salary? What? Monsieur Lefebvre used to give him 20,000 francs a month. 
20,000 francs. Perhaps you can afford more with the Vicomte as your patron. Madame, I had hoped to make that announcement public tonight when the Vicomte was to join us for the gala. But obviously, we shall now have to cancel. As it appears, we have lost our star. Surely there must be an understudy. Understudy? There is no understudy for La Colotta. A full house, Andre. We shall have to refund a full house. Christine Daillet could sing it, sir. What a chorus girl? Very silly. She has been taking lessons from a great teacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So twice, we, we love her. Twice Oscar nominated. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember right. her from just Merchant Ivory movies. That was when I really first started seeing her in like in the nineties. Yeah, like, hey, I saw her like? in The Hours yeah. Uh, yeah. first, and then I think Enchanted April she was nominated for. Um, yeah. Yeah, she was. Yeah, and she's great. And then, and then Sleepy Hollow. Like I was a kid watching Sleepy Hollow, and I was like, "Wait, that's her. That's her." And Simon Cowell. Yeah, my God, Ventura Pet Detective. You're like, (laughs) oh my God, that's the guy, Uh, and he's hysterical in Ace Ventura. Her exposition dump in Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, just like pro. Yeah. Like knocks it out of the park, home it's, run. It's a hard yep. clump of dialogue. If yeah, she kills but she it. fucking yeah. kills it. <laughs> yeah, she's she's there. She understands the assignment. Yes. It's all yeah. Every time it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> and yeah, like we were saying, uh, this movie set in Paris. Everybody's just doing English accents, <laughs> and Miranda Richardson's like, "I got this. I'm I'm gonna do the French. I'm gonna do the full. I'm gonna do the full character." <laughs> Madame, Madame Giry is that much more French than everybody else in this entire fucking yeah. opera house. Can I can I add can I add real quick? Um, my favorite Joel Schumacher uh, story is George Clooney was on I think Graham Norton mm. and talking about like you know being directed by Joel Schumacher and he always was on a God mic. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so he was just like from a God mic. He was like, okay, George, um, you're really sad. Your parents <laughs> just died and action. <laughs> and so the whole time I'm just like, Simon, Miranda, not big enough. I can't hear you. <laughs> just like hearing this. This gay, uh, like very flamboyant gay voice, yes. just on a god mic, just like I need more mini, I need more. Yeah, mm-hmm. no one paid for under the top. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, my we mini- didn't pay for under the top mini. I remember yeah. Mini Driver had a very sweet tweet about Joel Schumacher when he passed. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I remember. She was. Yeah, she was full face delivering it all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Before we end the episode, do we want to talk a little bit about the Phantom sequel that Pete and Ooh, I Love have Never seen? Dies. Love Never Love Dies. Love Never Dies. We saw, we saw stage production. The sequel, baby. In Los Angeles. Have you seen anything <laughs> on Love Never Dies? Have you seen on the stage? I, I saw the the pro shot. The, the pro shot of it. Oh, yeah. okay. I... Um, I was an ap- I was an apologist for it. Yeah. I think it's there fun. was. I, I'm not saying like I listen to it every single fucking night. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, you know, you kind of knew what, there were. A, you kind of knew what you're getting into when you walked into the theater with that. Yeah, one. I was gonna say like if you kind of surrendered to have a good time. by anything that's it showing like yeah. you're very you very obviously should not have been seeing the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I I liked parts of it. There were. 
other parts that were just like, what is happening yeah. right now? This is bizarre. <laughs> I felt like I was tripping on something, yeah. like the Coney really Island cool. scenes. The Coney, Island, the Coney scenes, Island. The sets were sets. They looked great. And also it was kind yeah. of industrial revolution too that, yeah. that, that kind of led yeah. the set design, which I kind of liked. I didn't know the story going into it that it was like the circus. Phantom the Phantom was gonna be like a stage mom. Yeah. Which yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like so it's it's, it's like full like Toddlers yeah. and Tierras, like stage mom, which sure. I was into. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, it's it's weird it's weird but i'm not I, I i know a lot of theater kids who are like just have never heard it or seen it yeah uh out of protest because they're like i don't want phantom ruined i was right. like well sequels you know sequels can ruin the original but not really but i i i thought it was i thought it was fine yeah i thought it was fine same yeah i mean it calls back um madam Jury and her daughter Meg. Meg, yeah, like they're kind of like yeah. the main villains. They're very the story. prominent in yeah. that. I remember, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I mean, we're not telling listeners to boycott it or to go see it. But, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so go go buy the double disc yeah. uh, original London or Broadway cast of Phantom of the Opera and put it in your parents' CD collection. Absolutely. Yes. And you know what you can do is you can go to YouTube and you can watch a full performance full show. of Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, I yes. remember during the pandemic that they put all of those up. The show must go on, right? Isn't that the YouTube page? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Um, it's the one at Albert Hall. Yeah, the Phantom at the Royal Albert Hall. It's shot still and, up. Uh, yeah. production. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind. Of, that's kind of amazing that it's that it's still there for free. Like, yep, that's that's so cool. I mean, that's so cool of that. If I would have been a kid, that I wouldn't have had a chance. I never had a chance to see Phantom on the stage. Yeah, when I was young, and it's cool yeah. to have that option now yeah. that you can watch. Yeah, you can watch something like that on YouTube. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because I was like, because otherwise you'd have to go to the library and <laughs> rent a v- <laughs> it's a big clamshell VHS of Cats now and forever. <laughs> like, oh my god, the double VHS of Cats yeah, that yeah, every yeah. single person had in their house, regardless of if they like musicals. It, it's definitely the clamshell. Yeah, that was probably, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> that commercial. Yeah, it was. 80s. It was great. Yeah, it was great. We all loved. Uh, the Rum Tum Tugger and Mr. Mistopheles. It was great. Yeah, we all loved that time. <laughs> our time. We all loved uh, Terrence. I forget his name, but the Rum Tum Tugger's bulge in those. Oh, uh, sure. A uh, black yeah. satin uh, onesie. <laughs> oh. So yes. Is Tom Hooper's career ever going to recover from that movie? I don't know. We don't talk about the. Movie. I don't know. Yeah. We don't talk There's only that. one movie, and it's a double yeah, VHS just- <laughs> pro shot recorded. Of the Broadway, yeah. Version. Oh my goodness. Well, listeners, go go and find that. Dust off your old VCR if you can. But otherwise, you can uh, you can watch the uh, the the performance on YouTube. Or is this version streaming anywhere? The Joel Schumacher movie? Oh, I don't know. On just, HBO Max. We just have the Blu-ray. Okay, it's on HBO okay. Max. There you go. Yeah, we have the Blu-ray. Yeah. So we bought it. We oh, own it. We have the receipt. Yep. <laughs> I mean, is pretty much Wicked the next big movie musical? To come out, is there anything in between? Now in Wicked, now in like, November? Uh, uh, Color Purple is oh, coming of course, out. Of course, Color Purple. Uh, yeah. That's yeah, going to be out later Wicked this month. Wicked is uh, probably 
Well, no, Color Purple will be an event, but Wicked yeah. is is you know a a two parter movie. Wicked, yeah, so, hear that, I hear yeah. that Daniel Brooks yeah, yeah. is kind of the scene stealer of uh, of the Color Purple. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so it's he's supposed to be, be really good. Well, we're excited for that. But uh, yeah, this uh, Joel Schumacher's Phantom of the Opera is on HBO Max, so you can go ahead and stream that if you if you have the Max. But um, if you want to check out a full performance, go to YouTube. Jackson, this has been so much fun. Thank it's you so great. much. Thank you're you one of all. our favorite guests. Yeah, you're very welcome. You're very welcome for coming back on. This was yeah, this was a lot of fun. This movie was uh, just a hoot to sit down and watch again. <laughs> I'm glad that we were able to <laughs> to pull out yeah. our, our, our Blu-ray and 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 check it out. But yeah, this was great. Thank you. So we're much. going into December. Is it a Christmas movie? There's snow on the ground. <laughs> so this is a Christmas movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it counts. It counts. <laughs> yeah, this is the between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Seasons are changing. Yes. Our hearts are changing. Yeah. <laughs> go stalk your... It's cuffing season. There you this go. This is a big cuffing season movie. <laughs> yeah. So. I need a big boy. All right, man. Well we'll, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for coming on. We'd love to have you on again, but uh, we'll see you soon, man. Bye, Jackson. Yeah, thanks. Bye. And thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thank you so much. We're going into the Christmas season, Pete. Yes, indeed. I can't not believe. I can't not. Most smartest. I cannot believe that we're going into the end of the year and Christmas. Pretty much our last three episodes are all going to be Christmas-themed movies. Work. Yeah. I'm here for that. (laughs) We're going to be talking about some fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And then we're probably going to take a couple weeks off. You guys, we do it once a year, and you know, I know uh, we're here for you every week, but we got to take some time off just for our insanity. So, uh, get get geared up for that. We're gonna take a couple weeks off after after the new year, but uh, not to fret. Be back with fresh episodes. But before that happens, I think it's just about that time for Patreon shoutouts. It's time for some Patreon shoutouts. Let's hear them. We would like to give a great big hello and thank you to all of our patrons, including Kate. Kate's a new one. Pep. Pep is another new one. Uh, Jay Michael, I think you're new too. Jason, Tammy, Roberto, Brett, Daisy, Kelly, Chrissy, Stephen, Jake, Desiree, Laura, Garrett, Thomas, uh, Lori, Brenna, Jessica Rabbit, Lawrence, Lisa, Alexis, Thomas, Millie, Ted, Benny, Jamel, Melanie, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Dawn, Joshua, Emma, Millie, Aaron, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino. You guys, come on. Thank you for being Thank you so thank much. You patrons. Uh, we just uh, uploaded some great uh, supplemental material on Patreon. We've got a brand new television, uh, TV that keeps us gay. The Facts of Life. The facts of Life. That's up and running, and we just posted that. Yeah, we did, and also we just posted um, a new commentary. commentary. We did a watch with us for the never-ending story. Yes, indeed. You've been screaming about it, and uh, we've got never-ending story. It's a watch with us commentary, not a full review, but uh, you can uh, sync up your the track with the movie and watch along with us. We'll give commentary as the movie is playing right in front of your eyes. So it's super cool to do it that way, or you can just listen to it as a bonus episode as you would any of our regular episodes. There are over 30 commentary tracks on Patreon, and we're getting started with our brand new uh, TV 
uh, review show. Like I said, uh, we've got The Facts of Life just up. We have an entire season of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars that we recapped. Um, Tons of fun stuff. Yeah. So check out patreon.com. We'd love to have you. That made us gay. We'd love to have you. And all of your donations go directly to keeping the show on the air every week at free. Only one break a year for about three weeks. So come on. Get into it. Um, we'd also love it if you would uh, subscribe on any of your uh, podcast platforms. It is Spotify Wrapped season. So if we're so nice to see us on people's Spotify yeah, wraps. we've been reposting those. If you have your Spotify wrapped, and if we appear in that, you know, just post it, tag us. We'll go ahead and repost it on our Instagram feed. And um, yeah, all that stuff is great to see. Uh, Apple Podcast listeners, Apple Podcast doesn't have a wrapped, but Apple Music does now. So check that out if you're an Apple Music. Supporter. They've kind of up their. They've kind of stepped they up did. their pussy, on, their the, pussy on, on the, the Apple Music. On the Apple Music, yeah. Front. Um, so go check that out if you're an Apple Music subscriber and listener. I'll find the page for you if uh, if you want. It is George Santos. No, that's that's something else. that's on my feed. <laughs> it's replay. It's replay.music.apple.com. And um, it'll give you a little wrapped if you were feeling left out. But um, back to us. Uh, yeah, give us five stars. Write a nice review. We would Write love to read it. Give us a five-star review. Yeah, come on, you guys. Do it. It's easy. It's free. It takes zero time at all. And, um, yeah, any reviews that uh, get posted about us, we'll read, it, we'll read on an episode. Um, we're on all those socials. We're most active on Instagram where we're at Movies That Made Us Gay. Um, also on Facebook. But uh, if you like the... Uh, Short format socials. We're on all of those two at, at uh, MTMUG Pod X uh, Threads. We're on all of them somewhere. All, all those, yeah, <laughs> just find us. But we're most active on Instagram, and all of those get farmed out to the other ones. So follow us on those. Um, got lots to say, lots of fun memes, and lots of cool, cool stuff over there. So if you want to follow our personals, feel free to do that. My name is Pete. I'm at Peter Lasagna on Instagram and X and Threads. I am Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. We watch all the same movies pretty much. So anything that Scott puts on letterbox, I'll have seen it. Um, He saw Napoleon without me, but I was like, I'll let you go see that one. So uh, (laughs) until next week, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.